0: Rifling through those long boxes, and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast.
1: A Utini Podcast Network production.
0: And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of The Cosmic Force. I'm one of your hosts, Emma Park, and tonight we are discussing everything you need to know before Crimson Rain, which came out today, actually, if you're watching this live. But before we dive in, let's go around the horn and say hello to all of our other hosts. First up, we have Caleb Laminac. How are you doing, Caleb?
1: I'm doing really well. Um, I was feeling a little ill this morning, but I think some ibuprofen knocked that right out of my system, so I'm ready to talk. Some comics, get some uh, hype work uh, out here. I think we're going to have a great show tonight.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Ibuprofen does the body a little good every now and then. <laughs> All right. Next, we have our producer, Jacob. Jacob, how are you this evening?
3: Uh, not too bad. It is, again, final season. So I get to talk about contracts tomorrow. Well, not talk about. It. I get to write about contracts tomorrow. So that'll be fun. That uh, sounds but, like a ton of fun. No, it's so fun. Uh, I, you know, let's just say I'm i'm glad i'm here uh rather i'd rather be here than there so
2: very good very good and lastly we have a a new face uh on the show than than normal filling in for our very own tyler we have timothy guthrie timothy welcome to the cosmic force what is
0: up Again, yes. that's
2: right. <laughs> yes,
0: I am so glad to be back. I have been doing nothing but playing Halo today, and if there's anything that I love more than Halo, it's you guys. Aww. So I'm glad to be here. <laughs> We've that's it. pretty.
2: That's pretty high praise, I have to say. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I love I, me
0: some Halo. So I mean, y'all yeah. just got the edge.
2: <laughs> awesome. Very, very good. Well, if you are joining us for the very first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on youtube.com utini every wednesday night at 8 p.m if you can't join us live that's okay because we are also available on all of your favorite podcast platforms we're also a part of the utini podcast network of nearly a dozen shows and a discord channel at utini.com discord with more than a thousand members with dozens of channels to choose from if you like what you see and want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network of shows, as well ex- as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. Whew. All right, with all that out of the way, we have a pretty awesome weekly pull list, if I do say so myself. Jacob, what do we got this week?
3: We do have quite the stacked list. Uh, so starting off, of course, the I mean the topic of the show is Crimson Rain. Number one, uh, the Orphans, written by Charles Soule, pencils by Steve Cummings. Uh, the cover is by Linial Francis U, and the colorist is Guru EFX with letters from Travis Lanham. Uh, that is followed by another great issue, Star Wars number nineteen. A dangerous turn, also written by Charles Soule. Busy week for this guy. Uh, pencils by Marco Castillejo. Uh, the cover is from Carlo Pagulayan, and the colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg, with letters from Clayton Cowles. We also have two trade paperbacks for the week. Uh, Higher Public Volume Two. This snuck up on me. How about you guys? Uh, mm. But I did. You know, I was not ready for it. I was like, oh, it's it's out today. Uh, this came out Tuesday. Uh, it is. Heart of the Drain Gear, written by Kevin Scott, with pencils by uh, George Genty, and uh, Ario huh. Anandito, with the cover art from Phil Noto. Uh, and then we also have another trade paperback uh, that's out this week, and that's the War of the Bounty Hunters Companion. This one includes all the one shots so Job of the Hut, Forlom and Zuckus, Bausch, and IG 88. This is written by Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Alyssa Wong, and Rooney Barnes with pencils from Ibrahim Roberson, uh, Luca Pizzari, Kai Zama, David Baladon, uh, Jui Villanova, and then the cover is by Mahmoud Asrar. Uh, So that will have all your one shots to go with the War of the Bounty Hunters main trade paperback, which came out, I think, two weeks ago now. Um, So yeah, that is All we have for this week, quite the stacked list. And if you want to pick up some of that for yourself, you can check out the YouTube description and we'll have
2: links to all those. Yeah, very good. So, actually, something that you said, Jacob, made me want to kind of take a little poll here, a little mini poll. Um, This came up in uh, our chat with Daniel Jose Older. uh, How you say for LOM. I mean, I say for LOM. Uh, (laughs) Uh, You say for LOM. Caleb, how do you say it?
1: it is success and forlom
2: forlom okay
0: forlom okay that that's a third
2: option there we go timothy how about you
0: yeah i was traditionally forlom um but forlom is so much more fun to say so yes. i am going to go with I, it
3: <laughs> i know see like in my heart it's forlom but i know canonically it is now forlom and that kind of you know do i agree was what is my headcanon it, it has a I, bounce to you know, it it's just
0: really nice to say
2: yeah I know. I think. Um, I think it, when we were talking with Daniel Jose Older, I think we kind of all came to the conclusion that I say it that way because I'm from Maine and everything that Mainers say is weird. So <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. But um, anyways, that just uh, I always laugh when we talk about how to pronounce things in Star Wars because there's never really a totally right answer. It's like Han and Han and you know all those all those fun pronunciations. So uh, with that, next up is uh, what we're loving. So um what is this I see here we have uh, art from Jacob I believe is that yeah. right
3: this one this yeah this one's a little different uh so this is I had to scrounge a little bit to find something that would work for this one uh but uh, for those of you who don't know wow. this is a bit outside our normal comics uh Star Wars comics specific coverage but uh the legend uh George Perez uh he's a a, a giant in the star the comics community uh he did the art for the like definitive teen titans run uh one of the bigger wonder woman runs in the 80s and of course crisis on infinite earths like groundbreaking stuff he uh announced that he uh has uh, stage 3 cancer unfortunately mm-hmm. this week uh and uh it, it, inoperable so uh, it's a very very sad day for the or a very sad week for the comics community so i wanted to highlight a bit of his art and uh you know uh, wish wish the best to his family this is uh something from i found this it's a 1993 tops trading card that he did uh, so cool with a uh a gamorian guard uh, I, I i actually had he had like on the back of it he like they had a quote from him about it uh I, let me read this i felt the Gamorrean guard would be quite intimidating in extreme close-up uh besides comic art is one of the few places you can make a rubber mask look like the real thing uh, yeah, and uh, comics pro for 18 years. He's done several work for both Marvel and DC, including The Avengers, The Fantastic Four, New Teen Titans, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Wonder Woman, uh, and The Infinity Gauntlet. So, you know, just, you know.
2: Few, small. A little, yeah. Just a few small. A little indie comics. Yeah. of yeah. <laughs> thrift store finds, nothing big.
3: I don't know if you've, yeah, the, the, the dollar bin. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of those ones, okay. but yeah, so, uh, yeah. Best wishes to George and his family, uh, a legend. Uh, that's why I have, I have the crisis behind me uh just off frame on my shelf today but
0: yeah and he he loves comics and loves fans so much i saw um in his statement that he wants to like like still do more cons and just wants to hug people that love his work like he's trying to schedule Mm -hmm. like massive book signings and stuff because he's like i want to go out on a good note doing the things that i love like that's so cool like like what a good dude so
3: yeah he like he retired a few years ago because of his health already Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah i couldn't i couldn't like he like with lost eyesight in one of his eyes like couldn't do art anymore he's like yeah i might not be able to draw but i can still sign my name with one eye so i'm all good (laughs) so (laughs) it's like all right well best best to you know uh, make the most out of your situation i suppose
0: absolutely
2: yeah yeah this was a that was a nice tribute i uh i hadn't heard about that that's very sad but all the best to him um yeah. Caleb we have a community submission tell us about that Oh
1: absolutely we uh this one came in from Moonflyer, aka Dave. Uh, this one was a little appropriate, and I really just like this artwork a lot. It really stood out when I read it last month. This is from Star Wars number 18, the one that just came out last month. It's showing a young, you can't tell, but a young Han and a young Kira back on Karelia, you know, staring up at the stars, doing the thing that young children do in the Star Wars universe. And wishing for a wider world to come and go out. Uh, This one is art by Ramon Rosanas, and it's just a really nice piece of art here for Kira reminiscing about the good times with Han. It's just a really, you know, powerful sort of uh, piece of work here. I love how it takes the entire page up and has, like, the gradients from, you know, the uh, space down to the atmosphere, down to the, um... down to the, uh... you know, the slums below. It's also, you know, we can maybe dig a little deep into it. You can see Han and Kira in profile above the uh, Imperial Star Star Destroyer, just symbolizing that they think they're above the Empire. We'll see how that plays out, but just a really, really solid piece of artwork. So thank you, Dave, for that submission. We will be reintroducing, hopefully, this segment, so uh, we do sometimes go back, so re-pop uh, some of the, that art that you're interested in on our Discord page. We might feature it, and we should be really looking forward And everything you post, we all see, and we all appreciate everything you do. So keep that art coming.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We love looking at um all these really awesome uh pieces of work you guys send in. So uh yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I love the coloring on that page specifically. It's it stands out to me very much. So awesome stuff. Um before we move on to our main topic here, um I know that we're all playing Halo. I get it. But are we reading anything? Anything fun other than contracts, I suppose? <laughs>
3: It's like I got my selections for contracts books behind me but no I don't, I don't think I want to talk about that
1: um, I d- was actually reading because I got a, a hard like uh, Rebellion Volume 1 earlier uh, it's actually a uh, the old Dark Horse 2013 run I read the first 12 issues of that yeah. and that's actually really interesting because it's very you can tell it's which twenty thirteen, so just a few years before Marvel took over and started their run. And it's set in the exact same time frame, right after Yavin. So there's a lot of really interesting, uh it's fun to see like a completely different take on the exact same situation. It's very Starfighter heavy. Like Leia spins like like half her panels, she's in an X Wing, so you know, Emma, oh, you should cool. definitely give it a try. It's she's definitely yeah. a lot more action hero y in this one and some of the other uh interpretations. A lot of fun. Definitely um Definitely something that if you see the opportunity, you should pick it up. There' are a lot of, a lot of very interesting ideas. It only ran for twenty issues, so I'll try to find the last eight and give you guys a rough idea of whether or not it's fully worth your time. But the first twelve issues, really great stuff.
2: Awesome, yeah, I'll have to check that out. That sounds right up my alley. <laughs> Anything else from you, Timothy?
0: Uh, let's see. So I started trying to read the X-Wing books uh, a couple months ago, and I'm on book three, the uh, Krytos trap, I think. Um, but then Halo happened. But mm. I also, because I know we're covering um, War of the Bounty Hunters next week, um, I have been reading some old Charles Soule stuff, um, oh. just for giggles. So I've been reading a little bit of that. I've also started Dark Lord of the Sith over again, just because it's oh, such so an good. epic run. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm reliving some of the, some of his greatest stuff for sure like lando yes lando is (laughs) caleb's favorite there we go i I took it a couple months ago good i got got you glad to hear
2: awesome stuff jacob i'm gonna i'm gonna assume it's nothing but contracts from you
3: no yeah i mean i see i guess over i did i I, i'm almost done with uh tempest runner that's like the one thing i've been trying to do like i want to uh, make sure I get Tempest Runner and Lesser Evil done before Fallen Star comes out, and then I'll be at least like caught up-ish. Like I, I'll have read all the High Republic stuff, and I definitely want to finish Thrawn before I have another book on the plate. So that that's my yeah. I have like an hour, I think I have like an hour left in Tempest Runner. So
2: oh, awesome! Yeah, and that's coming out in hardcover soon too. So can't wait for that. Yeah. It's, yeah,
3: I think April
0: of next year now. That sounds right. But yeah, I'm so excited.
2: Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> Yeah, as for me, I mean, Eric and Timothy and Corey and even Jacob and Caleb have contributed to the sudden urge to play Halo. So thanks a lot, guys. You're taking up my reading time, but that's okay. I'm not complaining. Um, although now that I have uh, a break coming up, I just ended my semester today. Um, gonna start digging into my uh, backlog of reference books. I've got some. Uh, I've got the prequel archives sitting. Fresh in the box, waiting for me, I can't wait for that, and uh, yeah, some art books, and I even want to start reading the uh the Hawkeye comic. I know that's not Star Wars, but I've been seriously enjoying that show so much. I mean, oh, if you guys haven't checked that out yet it's it's so so good i've I've been loving the crap out of it every I think every Wednesday I, I come into our, our our slack and say, Hawkeye was amazing, it was so good I, so
1: I need to catch uh, I've sold the first episode, but yes, the friction Asha run is. Fantastic. And it's a very quick read too. So see if you can find like that at your local. I think I was actually pulling around at a Barnes and Noble and actually found an edition of it. So just look around. They're very popular. You'll be able to find them quite easy.
0: You could probably almost read the whole thing in our Discord alone. <laughs> Everybody's been um, So we have the, the Star Wars comics channel, right? But then we have a general comics for anything non-Star Wars related. And so anytime a Hawkeye episode drops or someone catches the newest episode, there's screenshots and grabs from some of the issues that are being referenced. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So if you're liking that, definitely jump in there too.
2: Awesome stuff. All right. So before we dive into all things Crimson Rain, we have a quick ad for you all about your teeny gifts with the uh, holidays coming up. So uh, let's roll it and we'll see you in a second. All right. Every time I see that ad, I feel the sudden urge to go buy something. So that's definitely not good. <laughs> All right. So um, Crimson Rain is out today, as we have mentioned a couple times uh, in the show. But we want to get you primed and ready. If you haven't read it yet or if you have read it yet and you're a little confused, we're here for you. Um, so a little bit about uh, the background of, of the project. Um, it's written by Charles Soule. Uh, with pencils by Stephen Cummings. Uh, and this is actually his first Star Wars work, which is um, quite notable. I was actually amazed by the art in this, how uh, how accurately he drew the the characters. I was impressed. Sometimes sometimes with, uh, you know, first Star Wars works, it can be a little rocky, but man, I love the way he draws Kira and all the other characters as well. Uh, and the A cover is by Lionel Francis Yu. Uh, And this is part two of the Kira trilogy, and part three was revealed to be called um, uh, Hidden Empire. So we have a little bit of the, I guess we could call it the Kira trilogy, which I never thought I would be saying in 2021, but it feels so, so good. Um, So obviously we got Kira in War of the Bounty Hunters, that's when we first got introduced to her again, uh, post-Solo. Um, it was very shocking. We, I think we've talked about that moment uh, multiple times on the show, so you've heard all of our thoughts about it, uh, but Timothy, what were your thoughts when, when Kira was revealed in War of the Bounty Hunters?
0: I was absolutely blown away. Um, when it, whatever that, that cover, not cover, uh, but once we see her face, you know, she's coming out from under the hood, I was just absolutely shocked. Couldn't okay. believe it. Um, it feels so right? Um it does feel good, but it just feels right. Like it's her moment and she's having her time back in the sun and I'm all for it and I hope it lasts forever.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. We are here for all the cura love and like uh especially all of those um those those covers that have been coming out recently, even with like the, the Star Wars mainline. Um it's it's caused me to create a little bit of a collection. Um not as great, it should. As but, it should. But you it, have
0: nothing to apologize for. Yes.
2: <laughs> It's not great for my wallet, but it's great for Cura Love. So we, we love that. <laughs> um so Jacob, can you give us a little bit yes. of of the background information that people need to know in terms of the story if if you're gonna go into to Crimson Rain? What are what are the, the bullet points here that we need to know?
3: Yeah, so I mean this is basically like yeah, this like Emma said, this is part two of a trilogy, and part one was War of the Bounty Hunters, which ended, I guess, right around a month ago now. Uh, I think that's about right. Yeah. Um And so this, is, I'm basically hitting bullet points of of War of the Bounty Hunters. If you have not read it, which I'd recommend you do, here is here's what you need to know. If you're just going to jump in on Crimson Rain, like this is this is what you probably should know going in. Uh, so this is all between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It starts with Boba Fett trying to return Han Solo's carbonite slab to Jabba. When it's stolen out from under him on Nar Shaddaa... Uh, we find out that the thief was Crimson Dawn... Which is now led by Kira... They're trying to re-enter the galactic stage... And have a lot of grand machinations... Surrounding Han Solo... And they invited every all the crime syndicates... Including the Hutts... Uh, the Empire... And the Rebels to try and auction him off... Uh, so... All of the main characters from all the ongoing runs... End up at this event... Vader's there trying to grapple how he's going to handle... His allegiances to the Emperor and what he wants to do with his son, Luke. Affer's there with Sanostaros to try and go on a mission, uh, a covert mission for Dominatag. Uh, Valence is trying to uh, rescue Solo uh, because of their past uh, in the Empire. And uh, he briefly ends up siding with Boba Fett. Uh, and then the Rebels, Leia, Luke, and Lando are there to rescue their friend and try and win back a little momentum uh, following uh, the hard events of the first two volumes of their series. Uh, but all this, they all converge, come together, and in the end, Vader gets the executor for the first time and is trying to build up resources for his future. Uh, Aphra returns to Domina with some nice intel on the Black Sun and the Crimson Dawn. And uh, is now, after the Force technology of the Ascendant, uh, not the Chiss Ascendancy, uh, but the Ascendant, uh, <laughs> then uh, Valence ends up getting like destroyed again uh, and is rescued slash fixed up by Darth Vader. Uh then you have Boba Fett, of course, as we know, gets Han Solo back to Jabba and is in his good graces. Uh and the rebels uh are sad, uh, because they they failed to retrieve Han. Uh but coming out of it, uh Luke in particular is determined to set out and become a Jedi Knight so he can eventually face Darth Vader. I think that's I mean, that's that's about I would say that's generally uh, about what you need to, know. to say, that's yeah.
1: a good, you know that's the good bullet point for uh, Wikipedia there yeah Yep.
2: Yeah, very good roundup so uh, next we're going to start talking about um, some of the key players that we know and we're not going to go into any spoilers by the way for what came out today uh, we're going to just talk about what we know based on uh, information from Charles Soule information from the covers that have been released um, so no need to worry about spoilers here you are safe um, so, Caleb, why don't you lead mm-hmm. us through uh, some of the key players here?
1: All right. Uh, the very first key player I think we should probably talk about is is Kira.
2: Let's,
1: yes, let's, that is let, important. Let, let's start with her. She's kind of head honcho of this whole thing. She's taken control of Crimson Dawn in the, medium, in the time that it's been away from the screen. Uh, definitely seems to be setting up a bunch of huge plans like definitely seems to be having like an agenda here if you read the uh the pre the uh preview that he had definitely seems to be very much gunning for the empire so it Mm. you know this is a the big question i have is is this her desire is this her wish or is it the inherited will for lack of a more romantic term from her master uh darf uh maul
2: Mm, that's a good question. I mean, it, it seems like she was kind of biding time for a little bit, you know, in between Solo and, I guess, now when we see her, um, because clearly she was still involved with Crimson Rain, building up resources, but, again, kind of in the shadows, just kind of sneaking around there. So I, I think it's definitely self-motivated. Otherwise, she wouldn't put herself... As the head of Crimson Dawn, I think she might have somebody else that um, might know, I guess, the crime syndicates a little bit better. So I I definitely think that there's some self-motivation going on there. I definitely have another thought about that, but uh, that's that's based on what I read in the comic today, so I won't go into that. Uh, We will talk about that another day, though.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, her her, her motivations are at least what she show her outwardly shows as her motivations are pretty much on full display in this issue so it's hard to hard to really talk about it when we i mean we kind of know if you if you read today you kind of (laughs) know
0: Yeah, I think inherently, I mean, she she wants a better world, I think. I mean, she's always tried to make the best of her situation um, mm-hmm. where she is. She's always, you know, had the worst of, of luck in, in her surroundings and environment and being placed under people where um, she's challenged. And so she's like, well, instead of dying, I need to figure out how to fix this, how to be better and how to how to win. And so I think it's it's she's, she's just going to do what she's going to do. Um, and yeah, if it looks like it's going to be taking, taking evil on, um, then go for it, whether it's malicious or not. I I think she's got her, um, I, I think she's got her heart, her heart in the right place. We'll see though.
2: Yeah. I think she definitely has a very strong sense of right and wrong. Like she was wronged when she was a teenager on, on Corellia. And I think she's trying to like, Maybe get a little bit of revenge for that in a way, uh, just on the galaxy. I think I think she feels uh, kind of wronged by the galaxy uh, in a way. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see sort of, you know, how how, how much clearer that it, that her motivations are going to get because I I do think that we're going to get a, a very spelled out answer as to as to her motivations for sure.
1: Absolutely, she seems to have you know gathered a huge like. Well, maybe not huge, but a very select group of follow- followers here, and we saw that referenced at the end. We've seen them like throughout the series, and she definitely seems to have like the who's who, like a real predic, uh, like a real uh, pedigree of like extremely powerful groups underneath here. Um, let's start diving into it. Like the one that was the most, I think, surprising for me was she's working with the Knights of Rin.
2: Mm, yeah,
1: you know, and, you know, we saw them. Kind of as secondary antagonists in the in the movies, but we didn't really dive into them until the rise of Kylo Ren, the uh, twenty nineteen comic, uh, led by their master, Mister Ren, you know, Sir Ren, Ren-man? Ren Man. <laughs> it's it's it's
3: very confusing. It's the Knights of Ren. The leader is called Ren, Ren. His lightsaber is called the Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Kylo Ren. We have Kylo Ren.
1: Exactly. Yep. So- not but, confusing at all. Sure, exactly. Yeah. And what's even more confusing is their def- their membership has definitely changed. Like, we see a couple of their members in the uh, comic here. And th- in what we can reference from, you know, this era to versus what we saw in the, in the comic set, I guess, 20 years later, there's definitely been some uh, some changes up there. Some of them died. Like, some let's, of them died. <laughs> and that's not really that surprising. Like, that, I don't think we should call that a spoiler warning. Like, they definitely high-grade mooks, but, you know, it's kind of a giant dark side mercenary company so uh they definitely seem to have like some minor dark side powers they're definitely fueled by that but definitely nowhere near on the spectrum of sith
2: yeah Yeah. i I I was definitely interested by them the most out of like all of the other random uh not random i mean uh you know other other sort of groups that were brought in i was most interested by them because i'm like okay they have a sith connection for sure like are they like, Sith Sith? I don't think so. But they're definitely, like, Sith-adjacent. And um, I found that very interesting, seeing how um, in the Solo era, you could kind of call Maul Sith-adjacent.
1: hmm definitely. So that, that's, I found it very interesting. Oh, so ne- that's what I was about to ask. Do you think Maul was the one who set up that connection? Do you think Maul mm. might have had a connection or had something to do with these Knights of Ren?
0: Hmm. That's a good that's thought. A,
2: yeah, I I, 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 I wanna that. say yes because how how would how would Kira know how to find like a Sithy group? Like you don't just run into people with red lightsabers like every day. Um so part of me wants to say yes, but I really hope that we um get to see like like a look back at how she gathered this like motley crew of people.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I could see, I could see Maul even keeping like some kind of a, a tab of like, well, I was cast aside Mm. by, by the emperor and by people in power. Like, I don't know, like maybe game recognized game kind of (laughs) like, oh, hey, we, (laughs) we've been in a similar situation. Like, I'm a bad dude who can do some bad stuff, but. You know, you, you weren't, you were kind of held out for hire like I was. Maybe, maybe I'll keep a list of who's, who's running things. Caval- uh,
2: you know what, you know what that just made me think of, um, in, in Jedi Fallen Order, you know, there's the holocron that, that Cal fi- finds and it's mm-hmm. got the list of like, uh, mm-hmm. force okay. sensitives. What if, what if Maul has a holocron that has a list of like Sith adjacent baddies?
0: <laughs> the little roller. Oh, I wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't be yeah. surprised.
2: The Force Rolodex. That's right, Caleb.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So definitely I think this is the one that's the most intriguing uh now one that I was you know, really interested to see was um uh, because she hadn't been referenced in over 6 years nearly was Chanis Cha and the mm. Orphans
3: it's it's only it's only been 4 years
1: Oh no yeah you're right you're right you're yeah, because her first appearance was as Emperor Palpatine's secret uh problem solver in Lando twenty fifteen, and while she was really cool there, I did feel like it's a little strange. To, like we're introducing a a whole like character here, and she was never brought up again. But now we got a little bit of her past in the uh, twenty fifteen Vader or twenty seventeen Vader run, you know, with her kind of tragic past, seeing how she became an orphan it was due to Darth Vader. He does that a lot, uh, but. Yeah. Like, she seems to have, like, this kind of hyper cool military commando squad with her. So, definitely, like, one of the ones I was least expecting. I, I think I remember when we were talking with, um, uh, when uh, this whole thing was coming out, she showed up in one of these, uh, like, previews, like, one of these, uh, like, they, you know, they put the, uh, covers out a lot earlier. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Wait, she's back? I was very, very excited.
2: Yeah, I, I um kind of forgot about her, if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, she never really stands out in any of the the projects that she's been in so far. I completely forgot that she was in Darth Vader 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, completely forgot. And um, however, like, you know, and this is not a spoiler, but after reading, like, the part she was in in the comic today, I can tell that she's going to be an absolute badass and probably one of the leaders of, like, Kira's force is on the ground and I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, so this this isn't a spoiler. This was a inter- came from an interview before the book came out, but Charles Soul uh, had said basically that each issue of Crimson Rain is going to focus on all these characters we're talking about today. Uh so this mm-hmm. one was issue 1 was the Chanath Chan the Orphans issue. And then there would, like be an issue I think with Death Stick, probably an issue with maybe Ochi and then the um I know the Knights of Ren I think was supposed to be issue four issue is four, when they're gonna yeah. be prominent yeah so like there are each each like main or each like kind lieutenant. of important factor yeah lieutenant that yeah pretty much uh, each lieutenant is gonna have a little moment to shine in each issue.
0: Yeah and I will say that it was it was her introduction whenever I I recognized that they were going to be in this that made me want to go back and reread that old Vader run just to be mm-hmm. like I'm sure there're going to be bits and pieces and scraps that I will have missed somewhere along the line and I could not remember who anybody was. <laughs> and so so the, it was a it was a good call to go back and and reeducate myself. Exactly.
1: And there's a few like yeah. action beats that do directly reference the uh 2017 run that I was extremely Yeah, it, it
3: definitely it definitely pays off if you like yep. this issue already pays off if you read that
1: absolutely yep. so yes that's the one that i think was the most surprising for me uh one that's maybe really less surprising was uh death stick i keep wanting to call her lady Deathstick. stick that's because wait oh, lady okay. death strike was a marvel villainess i think
0: i think that's right
1: but anyway death stick right. was originally uh, from the uh star wars uprising mobile game which you can no longer play i think I've yeah, never heard is, of that, this,
2: like, ever.
3: <laughs> this is the deepest cut. Yeah. No, it's, it was a, is it it's very weird. A lot of people are very upset because it was a, like, a mobile game that had, like, legitimate, like, standalone, like, canonical story oh. that is now like they just like shut it down like you can't go back and see it anymore hmm. like i think the only time uh dr afra has ever been animated was from this game no way like she was in it like it was yeah the like so.
0: imperial super commandos were in it too i think like that's where they were introduced or something like that do you guys yeah. know what year if you, if, what
2: year was this does anybody know
0: yeah.
1: star wars
3: i want to say like 2016 2017 maybe
2: okay interesting but, um
3: Yeah. So you um, 2015 rollout of summer 2015. It was like it did not last very long. If you've ever seen like a Doctor Aphra gif uh, randomly, and you're like, I don't know what that's from. It's from Uprising.
2: Oh, okay. Because I have seen a Doctor Aphra gif, and I was like, Wait a second. Where Where am I missing something here? Like, I've literally never seen this before.
1: (laughs) uh, In November of 2016. So it was around for little over a year, like thirteen
0: months. Yeah. It's a quick cut, man. Yeah, yep.
2: that's very unique for a mobile game to have, like, unique characters. Like, like Destic was, like, original to this game? Yes. That's amazing. You never see that there was nowadays. Even,
3: there was even an art book that was produced for this game, but it was only ever, like, you could only get it if you basically worked on the game.
2: Oh, really? I was going to say, because I collect the art books, and I've, like, literally never heard of that, so...
0: I'm glad I'm not Jose, missing yeah.
2: something here. <laughs> I
0: hope Jose and Trevor are listening, because we need an archives episode on this game. Yes, stat.
2: <laughs> yes please. Yes, I, I absolutely need that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: here. I, f- let me, I found it. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, but yeah, it, it's... Uh, here we go. Yeah, this is the the art book. And there you go. Death Stick right on the oh, cover. Oh, yeah. That
0: is gorgeous.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Oh, and that like it's Darth Vader looking kind of looks, thing?
1: Looks significantly more red in this edition here.
3: Yeah, but Interesting. yeah, that's uh, very cool. If you ever played a mobile game from yeah six years ago that lasted for about a year, then you might know who she is. But otherwise, probably don't. <laughs> you're probably very confused like most of us when she showed up in uh, War of the Bounty Hunters and you're like, who's this?
1: Like, I feel like she was a Legends character that they transposed over almost, you know? Nope. Uh, but nope, obscure
3: mobile even game Even more obscure
1: than a Legend character, which is the strange to know. think.
2: Yeah, it's like, how can you get more obscure than a Legends character? Pull it from a defunct mobile game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly.
1: A uh, couple are like, she's like, has a really interesting backstory. She's the daughter of a night witch, a night sister, uh, who's was featured mm. in The Witch and the Wookiee, a story from The Myths and Fables by George Mann. So oh. a ton of like deep cuts there. Um, You know before her involvement with Crimson Dawn, she was an assassin in the Outer Rim uh, on the run from the Empire. Uh, And she, if we don't really see it, but I think it's in a few, uh, like, other things. She does have, like, a mechanical jaw. Yeah, like, all the best villains, like Darth
0: Malak. And the Ronin. The Ronin, that's right, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah.
2: There's definitely, like, a
0: few others.
2: Valence, Valence, Um, yeah.
3: Darth Malgus, doesn't he also have, like, a... Respirator type thing on his lower half. I can't remember. It's like the old Republic memo.
2: All villains need to have something metal on their face. It's just, I mean, it's <laughs> a rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. I kind of wonder. Like, I feel like Kevin Scott and Charles Soul. Maybe a few of the other higher public authors. I feel like they've got a list going between them. Like, hey, if you can get this character into this thing, like I can get one of your characters into this thing too. Like they definitely have some sort of a deal going on. Because I, I remember reading that story in myths and fables. Did not make the connection until you just said that, though. So very uh, interesting. Yeah.
3: That, was, that was a that was a uh,
1: a, a wook find <laughs> this week. So I did not know it either. Pull. Oh, there you go. But thankfully, someone did yeah, put like, that two and two together and made a link to it mm-hmm okay so as i said i have no idea what she's going to be doing in this series she definitely seems to be a very uh kind of super assassin sort of thing so i have no idea what her uh issue is going to be f- featuring on definitely an assassin so we'll see what happens maybe we'll actually get some of her backstory told in comic form right in defunct mobile game platform <laughs> All right, that would be nice. Speaking of assassins, we have a lot more well known character here of Ochi of Bestoon. Oh,
3: hold on. Oop. Hold up. Hold up. I'm 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 p- calling an Audible. I did find her mom. In, oh let me. Uh there. Oh, really? The one with like the little afro looking thing next to the Wookiee. I'm pretty sure that's her mom.
2: What? Wow, look at that.
1: He found She's the even art. got art. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Very so, cool.
3: Had okay. that luckily had that on the shelf next to me, so all
1: those Bible jewels finally paid off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a pull! And you had, the, you had to flex the, the uh, galaxy, oh, uh, uh, yeah, the galaxy, yeah, the leather
2: bound. It, Get out of uh, here! I'm, this is like the second I'm, time you flexed on the show.
1: Very, very cool. Sorry, all right, sorry, where was I? Oh, yes, Ochi of Bestoon. Uh, for, like as weird as sounds, he was first seen in The Rise of Skywalker. You know, as a skeleton sort of form, uh you know, introduced as a Sith assassin, a Jedi hunter. But we've definitely gotten a lot more of him fleshed out in the uh, 2020 Vader comic. As kind of his Vader's sidekick, his comic sidekick? Like, is it would it be wrong to say he's the comic sidekick? Yeah,
3: I mean, they, like, Vader's had like a rotating list of sidekicks in all, in all of the canon runs, and he's the latest.
1: And he's probably the funniest, which helps a decent chunk.
3: I don't know. The droid from earlier. I hated, earlier. hated it. <laughs> I know you do, but he's awesome. So uh, <laughs> deal with it. We,
0: we stay in Ochi in this house. So no yeah. slander against yeah. him, please.
2: Honestly, like when you when you said that he was first introduced in The Rise of Skywalker, I kind of had like this out of body moment where I was thinking like, wait a second. That couldn't have been like the first time he was introduced, but it was like, mm-hmm. that's absolutely insane. And now we have like all this story with him from Darth Vader And now we're the bounty hunters, and now this, like that is super, super, super cool. And I honestly didn't think, like coming out of the rise of Skywalker, like, oh, in a couple years from now, I'm really gonna care about Ochi. Like I, I thought, like, oh, there's no way. I do. I care about him. He's
1: pretty cool. (laughs) Exactly. Like. you know, at the end of the War of Bounty Hunters, it what he winds up working with Kira and is help determined to help uh, Crimson Dawn in defiance of the Emperor. But at the same time we know where he winds up. We know he's still like an imp, uh, a member of the Emperor's like pedigree of like his assassin corps. So do you think like Ochi is definitely a very malleable and a very tricksy and snaky character. Do you think he's just doing Joined the Crimson Dawn so we can try to one-up and eventually betray them. You know, That's definitely in Ochi's um, wheelhouse.
2: Yeah, he's he's definitely playing multiple sides of the fence. Like, if a fence had more than two sides, Ochi would be on all of them. Like, let's be real.
3: <laughs> yeah, this, his, his motivation was, like, the hardest for me to track because, like, mm-hmm. he joins them in the... I think it was Darth Vader, either 18, yeah. 18 which is, like, the transitional mm-hmm. issue. And it's, like... Yeah, I'm here for the Crimson Dawn. I'm like, I'm very confused. Like this is like seemed like it kind of, I don't know. I, I need, I still need, I really need to sit down and just reread all of the third volume of Darth Vader mm-hmm. by itself, because like it was reading it month to month was very hard to track because yeah. it was kind of not linear yeah. uh, timeline wise. So like I need to probably just reread the whole thing in one sitting, including that next issue, the transitional issue to kind of suss out what happened cuz yeah for me like at least right now I'm like I really don't know what he's doing and maybe maybe we're not supposed to exactly. know
1: exactly uh, well I think we'll know eventually but I as I said I think he's too untrustworthy but here's the thing I think like the first time Kira sees him he sees him like shoot three of his fellow uh assassins in the back in the back so mm. she like she's smart enough to know that this is not someone to put absolute trust in
2: but I also feel like this this era of Kira probably really likes that. Like she she wants him on her team rather than going against her. I feel like in in some sort of way. <laughs> I know yeah, that no, sounds she, really weird to say and backwards, but I I think I think it might be true.
0: Yeah, and from what we've seen in him um of him in Vader, I think he gives me some some kind of afro vibes on the self-preservation front Mm, like like he he is an assassin up to no good but at the the end of the day he wants to stay alive (laughs) and so when he recognizes that someone can come along and has some power and some weight behind them i think he's he's one to watch because he could change at a moment's notice but you know that he's going to be in it for himself at the end of the day so
3: yeah i think i think it was they talked about it in the like preview for this issue that came out a few weeks ago but it's like Kira's uh, like well you know like I don't trust you you don't trust me that's fine we're just like we're here because we have a common goal and we can ally together for now uh, but yeah like you know we're not we're not friends or anything like that and that's kind of definitely seems to be the case here
1: so, exactly so of uh, Bestoon, can the one to watch now the one that we know I think the absolute least about is the character gnome simply as the archivist she is Set up yes. as the narrator of what of this uh, Crimson Dawn uh, story arc, um, seemingly kind of another force sensitive, more on the neutral side maybe. Um, Yoda, know, in the preview, it shows that it looks like she is storing her information in some sort of holocron here. Um, I we know nothing about her, like her past, where she's coming from. Do you think she's going to be a reliable narrator, or I think we're going to see like a unreliable narrator of this entire series here?
2: no I think and she... do you want to go first okay Ikum? go ahead no you go go okay, ahead. okay okay so i'm gonna say no and my reasoning might be a little strange but here's why i say no this looks so incredibly similar to like her, like her, this character's design looks so incredibly similar to the very first concept of darth maul oh, wow
1: yeah like
2: like almost mm. identical it's it Freaked me out when I first saw it uh, because George Lucas, uh, I can't remember the artist's name. Uh, it might I have been Ian e McKeag. Yeah, yeah and, um, I'm pulling it up. He said, "Draw your your worst nightmare," and he drew. He drew basically <laughs> like, this, and then George Lucas did? said, "Your second worst nightmare." <laughs> let's yeah.
1: turn it down just a few degrees.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it, there it, it, is. it yeah. is.
3: signed by Ian McKeag. So yeah, yeah. So, he's like so, he's like nope. he's like maybe too much. So let's turn it back. A it's bit. um,
2: <laughs> it's a very similar design, and so I feel like the archivist is gonna lean more towards the Sith. I I don't know if they're just reusing the design or if I'm maybe looking a little bit too much into this, but you know I I don't think that you make a neutral character look that scary. Like in my opinion,
3: (laughs) well it's it's interesting that like because this isn't the if this is if that really is the uh, the inspiration, which it seems like it is, this wouldn't be the first Darth Maul concept art that got reused because Mother Talzin was also an original Darth Maul design. So oh I
2: don't think I knew that. That's cool. Awesome, mm-hmm.
3: hmm. uh, but but yeah, I I I see your point. I think it will be a reliable narrator, just like from reading this first issue, it like is presented as her narrating the issue. But like, mm-hmm. you get to the end, you're like, I didn't really feel like that was like a from this person's perspective. I just mm-hmm. felt like it was just the story. Like there was this narrative framing device, but it didn't feel. It, I didn't feel it, it throughout wasn't, the reading the issue. It wasn't so
1: like. You weren't feeling see- the thumb of a narrator trying to yeah, it,
3: put like it was. It wasn't all from her perspective or anything like that, or their perspective. I don't. Yeah, but like, yeah. So I, I think it's going to be kind of pretty straightforward, and you're just going to, for the most part, if this if they maintain the structure, you might like get a little like one page, and here's the more of the story, and at the end you kind of get like a you know like next time on. Crimson Rain kind of type thing from this person. I don't think it's going to really affect the story too much.
0: I felt like there was something maybe. I th- I'm pretty sure it was in the preview that was released, you know, several weeks ago. Because um, there's a whole lot going on with with who is looking at this holocron, and then like how they access it, and whether they're you know good or bad, and so. And then I think she says something along the lines of like, "Who's to say?" like if i would tell you a different story than how this was i don't know oh, that's right that. yeah, yeah it, but, it's on this page yeah, yeah but even still it's like it's like who knows she's terrifying and i don't know if i trust her
2: <laughs> yeah it could be i mean she could also be just a macguffin like
0: yeah, like maybe there's true. some other
2: like bigger more ominous thing happening and we're just meant to focus on the archivist rather than anyone
0: else i'm hoping that that she'll have her own um her own issue that same uh, maybe i love one, that. maybe it'll be issue as five one the one last
3: one. five yeah yeah i feel like it'd be well yeah four is the knights of rin so i feel like this is she's probably gonna be a final issue kind of reveal um i also like i you know it wouldn't shock me if she's like outside of this is like part of like uh palpatine's court because he has like all those like, he has like a lot of like you know, people obsessed with the force and stuff like that. Like you pay Tashu and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like this, she, she's a little, seems a little crazy. Like she could fit in that corner of like the weird people out, like the acolytes or the advisors or whatever. And I wouldn't honestly, like, I'd be like, yeah, makes sense.
1: So if that's true, then at some point, I mean, I'm just going back through all the ones we've listed. Um, Chanas Chaw distinctly worked for the empire. uh Ochi of Bastoon, worked for the emperor. If she also worked for the Emperor, and we also can of know the Knights of Ren kind of are Emperor-related adjacent, does that mean her entire inner circle are all former or maybe are currently on mm. the take of the Empire?
3: I mean, that's like kind of where the Bounty Hunters was just showing us like, oh yeah, Crimson Reign's got like double agents literally, or Crimson Empire. yeah, Crimson Dawn, geez. They have... <laughs> they have agents double agents everywhere and that's kind of like the point it's like you know like they like walk on the executor and this officer's like yeah Kira told me to do this here we go like there's like yeah they got people everywhere
2: yeah okay that's very interesting Um, because also I mean Kira kind of has a vendetta against the Empire too when you think about it I mean they took her away from Han in the very beginning I I guess you could look at it that way so maybe maybe they're all gonna like team up and go like anti-Empire maybe
1: or maybe I said maybe he, she's being set up for the deep, deep fake of you know Emperor Palpatine doing some extreme long range manipulations. Who could say?
3: We do we're gonna be doing some uh, uh Star Wars twenty fifteen annual number one mm-hmm.
1: type action up you in know, here. Plans within plans, absolutely.
3: <laughs> it's like, oh you thought you got the best meat? Nope, psych.
1: Haha. That was
0: and my double it, agent. And all it does is that with all of these crazy, sketchy possibly evil question mark folks it just highlights how wild kira is to be roping all of these folks together um, yeah. and just i just cannot wait for the bonkers insanity that that comes over the next couple couple months
2: you're so right though because i mean in what situation or idea would would these people get along to achieve a common goal like O- only Kira would be wild enough to do that it's, it's kind of like having um like Dengar and Valence working together in in like the the War of the Bounty Hunters it's like it just doesn't work but like Kira's crazy enough to make it work and that's why sure. I love about her <laughs> all right so um we kind of have a uh, a a master watch slash reading list it's got some visual media as well as some uh some comics i don't think there's any books on here i could be wrong though yep just just uh like tv a movie and some comics so we're gonna call it the master watch slash read list so timothy do you want to take us through uh what we could do to watch or read to get prepared for crimson rain
0: Sure thing. Yeah, this is the absolute. If you have nothing to do over the holidays, and you want to watch and read everything, this is the list for you. So you're definitely going to want to watch Solo. I mean, that's where Kira was introduced, kind of a big deal. You're going to want to read War of the Bounty Hunters. Um, Now that both of those trade paperbacks have dropped, um, super easy to pick up, you'll definitely want to catch those. Do What I'm Doing. Read Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. Um, It's a phenomenal run by Charles Soule. Then you want to pick up The Rise of Kylo Ren, um, where we get to see the Knights of Ren um, in action for the first time. Um, Then read Caleb's favorite, Lando from 2015. (laughs) It is a fantastic limited series full of color and Lando. That's all you need to know. Um, Read Darth (laughs) Vader 2020. You're going to get a lot of good Ochi action there. Um, Star Wars 2020 specifically issue number 18 is worthwhile Um, and then definitely go back and watch the Clone Wars Maul episodes um, to see how Kira might have become the way that she is working under Maul for so long Um, and then the final episodes uh, with Maul and Rebels um, all of those are fantastic um, specifically the way that his role kind of ends in that series um, could be pretty important um predictions do y'all have any predictions for what we're going to see next I mean who's gonna pop up like from all of these runs what are we gonna see um what's gonna happen so this question is a little harder to answer
2: be, like dancing around spoilers from today but we're, we're gonna do it mm-hmm. um so I I do think that we are going to learn about the power, like the, the transition of power between Maul and Kira. I really do think so. I, I think that that's going to be extremely important in this run because uh, that is like, what I can think of is probably the biggest gap of knowledge that we have going into into this. And I think um, it's it's like, why do, why do these groups of people that are so powerful, I mean, you've got the Knights of Ren and, uh, you know, a bunch of like bounty hunters and Chan of Cha and, and the orphans. You have all these people that could be doing their own things why are they following kira and i think that she's earned their respect in some way and i think that we as an audience are gonna also learn how she gained everybody's respect so i do think that we're gonna get some flashbacks and i think it's gonna be pretty
0: mind-blowing for sure nice caleb how about you any predictions
1: um predictions i think yeah i think we'll we have like a separate discussion about what i what Uh, to expect for callbacks from the rest of Charles Sewell's work, I'm expecting at least one major, like, you know, callback per issue. So we're going to see a lot of things that he's done in the past that are setting up and introduced in the rest of the series. So we're going to see some, like, kind of crazy things that we definitely did not expect. You know, I can get more into this a little later, but definitely we're going to see a lot of callbacks to his uh, previous epics.
3: I mean basically the only we were talking about this pre-show the only thing that we couldn't like the only comic thing that we couldn't really find a clear connection to right now is Obi-Wan and Anakin which is like yeah. a mini series mm. he wrote but we were like we we had some ideas for what, like basically everything else he's written is in our like read list um, but we have some. We had some ideas, some theories on how it could be brought in. But like, that's the only thing that he's written that like doesn't naturally go with this and right I, now. It's the
1: only thing he's written that doesn't tie into anything else that he's written either. Like everything else is
3: it is v- very standalone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, like, if I were to say anything, I think we're gonna see the Mask of Dark moment come back in. Ooh. Oh, that's a good prediction. I would love it that.
0: it was yeah. blown
1: it was on the Imperius' his, uh ship that was blown up, but it is also a Sith artifact. Like I couldn't imagine a blowing up a ship that's being detonated would be that um detrimental to an ancient dark side artifact.
0: Right. Yeah, interesting. I know I know that we've gotten some teases. And I know on... oh, sorry,
1: real quick. I know who would yeah. have it. I think Shaneth Cha would have it, because she was the last one to leave
0: that ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. oh yeah that's Maybe. an excellent point um i know it's kind of been teased um because we know that the um, the knights of ren will be featured in issue four but i wa- i am hoping that we get to see ren go up against vader in some way shape or form Ooh. like i i just the epicness of that seeing the ren up against his Lightsaber, I don't know. I just I want it so bad. And to have them have more of a, a direct tie and connection to challenging the Empire and specifically like the head Sith, like like I, I wanna see that happen. Cause they've been in the shadows on the sides, not necessarily directly, you know, entwined in anything, but we know that Snoke knew about them. Obviously Kylo knew about them, like the Emperor knew about them. So there's they have this laundry list of folks who know who they are, and I, I want to see them go up against some of those guys. Yeah, I
3: feel like he'd, he'd get absolutely clapped. Oh by yes, Vader. <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely, like
1: like absolutely. Vader does not lose any fight he's in. So, like I said, maybe that's why we see the uh, the changeover in a lot of his uh, crew is like, well, I used to have twelve members, but after Vader came along, I had to uh, start looking for resumes again.
0: Yeah, just absolutely yeah. wrecked shop. But
1: yeah,
3: I I think for me, going for my, my my predictions are. Because we know that this is the middle chapter of a trilogy, uh, Crimson Rain. I think, yeah, like all of the all the little people, all the lieutenants are going to have their missions. They're all going to be basically setting fires across the galaxy, destabilizing stuff for the syndicates, destabilizing stuff for the Empire. Uh, she has plans for the rebellion. I don't think she's going to be like messing with them too much because they're going to be a tool for her too, mm-hmm. um, to to unseat the larger galactic power uh, system. Uh, I think we're going to be doing a lot of that, and then we're also going to be hopefully getting that backstory that, like, Phil, how do we get here kind of s- storytelling. Um, and I don't think anything super monumental is going to happen in this, though. Like, we're going to see some crazy, awesome stuff, but I think this is all just going to be rising action into Hidden Empire when the big thing happens, whatever that is.
0: This is a wild card and really out of left field, so bear with me here. Okay. How, I, I love it. Yeah, how close are we to Return of the Jedi at this point?
3: Timeline wise, or like, yeah. publishing books wise. Timeline
0: wise, or both? Because
3: publishing bu- publishing books wise, my my theory is we are going to have Crimson Rain, have an issue or two between Crimson Rain and Hidden Empire. We might get one or two volumes of all the respective series after that, and then we're done. That's my thought.
0: Okay, because I'm wondering if. Kira would have anything to do like the hidden empire aspect I think makes me think and how tied all of these individual groups are going to be across the galaxy I would love to see her have some kind of direct manipulation into what happens on the forest moon of Endor like like was she involved in mm-hmm. the Bothans getting the plans like it could her I ultimate mean, goal have been to steer the rebellion to get to that point to then overthrow Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, man. I just we're getting so close. I like close. that. She's oh, so I like close. that. That's so, so cool. So I,
3: I'm pretty like I, I we I I, I think we did we do a roundtable on like volume one of the I think we did a volume one of Star Wars 2020 or volume two or something I think like so, that. Yeah. There was, but yeah. there was a like like it was like the first issue of that arc they like stole one of those arcs they stole an imperial shuttle mm, um mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like is that oh, the hyperius yeah. from t- yeah whatever the type Tiberi- whatever the shuttle that they used to infiltrate Indor. i'm like that
0: might be that um but yeah i don't know we're we're getting All close t- i just feel it it's just buzzing. And for this to be a, I love a, a, a trilogy idea with her at the helm, I mean, it's got to lead into um, some of the um, biggest things to happen.
3: I'm pulling up the good old Uteni timeline uh, to confirm. Oh, uh, there are... A, really? Th- it, apparently, it's just a, a year between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, sweet goodness. Okay, uh, so that
2: could definitely work with, with yeah. Timothy's It's Okay, there. I thought it was a
3: three-year gap. It's a three-year gap between A New Hope and empire strikes back so Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's not a whole lot of time so yeah we're like yeah i would say shortly after hidden empire uh, we're going to be transitioning into the return of the jedi era of comics or whatever they do next like
2: imagine imagine after all this is over and we go back and we watch the original trilogy you know as we do and we just see kira's like fingerprints all over it that like that would be so much fun i would love Mm -hmm. that
0: Yep, I love it. All
2: right. I, I'm rooting yeah. for that prediction. That is my favorite one.
3: <laughs> Kira's got, Kira's about to become the um, oh god, what's her name? The Jen Urso <laughs> of Death Star Two.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sign me up. I will be first in line. I'd be down for that.
1: There are far I'd worse ideas I've heard. Cool. And then, are for there sure. any other
0: are there any other callbacks um, that y'all expect to see uh, from any of? Of the older soul work or anywhere else in the Star Wars galaxy?
2: I mean, I don't know how... I personally don't think that there's, like, a route for this to happen. But it'd be really sick to see, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny callback to the Higher Republic. Like, the smallest thing. Maybe they go to, like, a planet or they see a wrecked Nile ship or something like that. Like, that'd be really cool. Just something to tie, uh, you know, tie those eras together. You know, didn't he do that in... um? Uh, Rise of Kylo Ren like Avar Chris was on the Holocron or or they went to the the mm
0: -hmm. first time we saw her right?
2: Yeah. yeah. And they went to one of the planets too right?
1: Like
3: yeah, they would tell Frona. I,
1: right. I would almost lay money down that there's going to be at least one reference to the High Republic somewhere in this uh, story arc.
3: Uh, there was in this issue. Uh, I won't. Sp- I'll tell you guys afterwards, oh. but there was in oh. this issue. Oh. will see. So. Yeah, Look, you're gonna, I, I won you're my gonna money. You're gonna have to back. message it's, me because I missed it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very minor. So DM me or like find me in Discord if you want me. To, I'll 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 spoiler tag it in our channel in Discord. How about that? Um, it's very minor, but there was a like slight reference that I saw. W- one of my predictions, I think. Between Soul writing this and the Star Wars mainline right now, we definitely have to have a reunion of uh, Chanth, Cha, and Lobot. Mm.
2: Ooh, that'd be nice. Especially with yeah. like, all,
3: all the emotional work he's been doing with Lobot in Star Wars and their history that was implied in the Lando comic. I think they definitely have to cross paths at some point.
1: Absolutely. I like that.
0: That's something. Man. Um, I don't know if there are any callbacks in particular um, that I would expect to see. Uh, going back through and looking at the list... Um, I, I think I just want more, uh, from, from the Knights of Ren. I want to see if, if anything, like I know that, that that technically takes place after this, but like more into their history. I I want some kind of, of deep pool into, I want Ren monologuing basically is what I want. (laughs) So give that to me and I'll be fine.
3: (laughs) Doesn't Ren mention in the Rise of Kylo Ren, so confusing in that comic book that him and Luke have met before or something like that. Or
1: no, I think I... it was referencing mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, they went that he him and Luke did have like a duel before. And I guess there's two oh like, yeah, there's like a pre timeline when mm. Ben was like a teenager that he, that Luke came up in in school. The Knights uh-huh. were in, and then later, you know, uh, he talked to him later. So I don't think I don't remember that being a uh, a reference there.
3: It, they could very easily not cross paths just because Luke's off doing his Jedi stuff right now. Yes. Yep. So
2: that would be cool, though. Like, especially oh, now. Okay, now I really want to go back and read *The Rise of Kylo Ren* because if if that mm-hmm. was like even hinted at in the slightest, I would love to see them cross paths for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, any final words before we sign off for the night?
1: Uh, well, one uh-huh. final word is that. We've talked a lot about it before, but next week we are doing the War of the Bounty Hunters roundtable. So you can buy the trade paperback with the link in the description below. Uh, We're just covering the alpha and then one through five of the main series. So don't feel like you have to read all the other side stories. We're just talking about the main line here. So uh, reread with that. We'll be doing a great roundtable of that uh, next week.
2: That's right. If you can't get enough kira or war of the bounty hunters
1: or boba fett. come back
2: next week or boba fett boba, boba fett where i don't know
3: <laughs> next week yeah Fun next <laughs> week on this, i guess on this youtube channel <laughs> 8
2: p.m eastern right here and uh, and timothy's gonna be back with us so that will be a ton of fun with that that'll do it for this week's episode of the cosmic force don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube, where you can hear us live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Be sure to visit utini.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. We encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com/discord, and you can help support the show by heading to patreon.com/utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just five dollars a month. A special thank you to J. G. Kars, O. K. Endar, Cheryl Bell, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, and Earl Q on our Jedi High Council, and Matt Billington, Tyler Latour, Kyler Hick- Kyle Hickman—excuse me, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and C- Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can tweet at the show at Cosmic Force Show or at the hosts individually. I'm at ErmaJedi26. Caleb is at at Caleb Lamanac. Jacob is at Jacob Bosch and Timothy is at underscore T Guthrie. Thank you again to Caleb, Jacob, and Timothy for hosting with me tonight, and a special thank you to our listeners for joining us. We truly appreciate you. See everyone next week, and may the Force be with you.